Blog Talk Radio. Quiet, please. Welcome to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, conversations with filmmakers where we discuss everything film and television. Here on Movie Beat, you'll learn what to do and what not to do when it comes to making movies and TV. We will talk to everyone behind the scenes and in front of the camera, and I will provide you with guests and information you're going to want to have, whether you're a filmmaker or a fan. So now let's move behind the scenes here at Movie Beat. Again, thanks to everybody who listens in and for all of those of you who send us emails and phone calls and and who Twitter about us and Facebook and MySpace and share these interviews and share the website. The official website is rexsikes.com. That's Rex Sykes Movie Beat. It's my name. Thank you so much for sharing and spreading the word about Movie Beat to your friends and your family and your coworkers and your industry connections. Uh, this website, MovieBeat, is really designed to be a resource for you, and that's why I connect you up with people who are making it happen. So I appreciate all of your efforts on our behalf because these interviews are really important. There's over 70 great interviews with professionals, filmmakers, screenwriters, directors, producers, actors, casting directors, agents, and more, uh, who share their information, their expertise, their knowledge with you so that when it comes time to make your project, you can do it more seamlessly and effortlessly. Uh, the chat room is open, so uh, feel free to join us there. Uh, we look forward to uh, any questions you might have in the chat room for my guests today. And if you wish, you can always email questions for the guests in advance by putting um, the name of the guest in the header and the questions in the body of the email and sending it through the uh, contact page at the website. If you're listening to this live, be sure to go ahead and make us a friend or a favorite. Leave comments. If you're listening to this archived at RexSykes.com, be sure to go and check out those other 70-some interviews. Uh, you're going you're gonna to want to do that. And, um, and you do that by going to the interviews page there at the website. And uh, when that opens up, you go to the archives. And in the archives section will be listed all the names of all of the guests and uh, all of the topics of the interview. And you click on that. You click on the name of a guest you want to hear, and inside there is a link to the archived interview. Uh, you can also subscribe, though, now through the iTunes Store. They've got all of the uh, interviews there archived as well, so you can just subscribe, and, and each time we do one, you'll be uh, updated, or your, uh, pod, your podcast subscription will be refreshed. I'm uh, thrilled today with my guest uh, returning, Mr. Peter Tolan, and we're going to get to him in just a moment. I just have some uh, a few announcements here. The Field Film Festival at uh, UW-Waukesha is Saturday, February 6th. Uh, that's the film festival coming up uh, that you're going to want to attend if you're in the Milwaukee area. And the Beloit International Film Festival is February 18th to the 21st. Um, so check those out. They're at the hot new blog at RexLikes.com. Trilby Jeeves, uh, acting coach, has her two-day buffoonery workshop coming up January 23rd and 24th at Rhodes Wellness College in Vancouver, B.C. And uh, Discovering Your Inner Buffoon is 
maybe one of the craziest, most liberating ways for actors to tap into a truthful performance and for non-actors to burst open to themselves. And so you can find out more about the Buffoonery Workshop at um, buffoonery, buffooneryworkshops.com. That's B-U-F-F-O-O-N-E-R-Y-W-O-R-K-S-H-O-P-S.com. As well, she has a, a two-day Buffoonery Workshop page on Facebook. And speaking of Facebook, feel free to join the uh, Rex Sykes Movie Beat group or fan page there, uh, right there on Facebook. The NorCal Screenwriter and Filmmakers Expo is coming up March 26th through the 28th in Napa, California. And our guest, Kevin Sorbo, has his Celebrity Golf Tournament, A World Fit for Kids. It's the charity uh, coming up June 10th through 11th um, in Las Vegas. So if you're a golfer and uh, you want to support a, a good charity, please um, look into that. And you can find that at the Hot and Fun blog uh, on RexSykes.com. Coming up as guests will be Reed Martin, author of The Real Truth. We're continuing our series with Reed right after Reed is uh, the NBC Heroes villain uh, actor from the TV series Heroes, uh, David H. Lawrence, the 17th. And Dallas Jenkins, director, comes up. Nick Mancuso, he's the actor and writer who's done so much over the years. Peter Marshall will be back uh, with our director series for part two. Brian Krause played Leo on the series Charmed for many years. He's going to be with us. And Jackie Birch, casting director, uh, will return and share some more stories about casting and, and what it's like to work, get work as an actor. Following her will be Ted Hope, independent producer who's done over 60-some movies, uh, independent films. And so you're going to want to listen to these guests. There's so many more, uh, but you can go to the interviews uh, blog at uh, RexSykes.com and find out more about that. Right now, I want to turn my attention to my guest, who we've had on uh, before, and uh, it was just an absolute wealth of information. It's Peter Tolan. He's the man behind the successful FX series, Rescue Me, starring Dennis Leary. Uh, he's written many, many uh, sitcoms. He's uh, shared an Emmy Award for Outstanding Comedy Series in 1992 for Murphy Brown, which starred Candace Bergen. Uh, he uh, co-produced and, and wrote on um, Tim Allen's uh, Home Improvement and just so much more. I just today uh, watched Analyze This uh, again, and uh, I guess maybe in preparation for talking with Peter, but uh, how are you today, Peter? I'm. You know what? I am a lot better than I was the last time I talked to you, Rex. You know, I, I told you off the air uh -huh. that I had, uh, the last time we talked, I had just gotten over like a stomach flu, and I was... I was a husk of myself. I was, you know, I was a wreck, really. So I think, I think people may notice that, that I'm speaking with a little more force this time. And we're glad you are, and I'm glad you're better. And, and you've traveled since then as well, and you're on the other side of the country. So uh... Yeah, now I'm in New York. I'm getting ready to direct the, the season finale of season six of Rescue Me and the season opener of season seven. So that's this, this trip. Oh, that's awesome. What kind of schedule is that then? Do you do eight or ten days with the first show and then eight or ten? Is it almost back? Yeah, back? It's, uh, it's about an eight-day eight day shooting schedule for each show. And we do two of we, uh, what they call cross-board. We do two shows at the same time. So you may, you know, you, you may be shooting scenes from each show each day um, just, you know, just to save money. So if you're doing, you know, you shoot all the scenes in the, firehouse kitchen for both shows in one day so that way you know the the, the most difficult part of, of, of production is uh moving 
You know, when you have a company move, it's a real-time killer. So this sort of eliminates that by, you know, doing stuff, shooting everything in one place or at least two places close to each other, you know. And does it, but does it uh, lengthen the amount of shoot time by the same amount? I mean, in other words, if, if one show is eight days and the second show is eight days, I mean, it, even though you're shooting simultaneously the shows. Yeah. Does no, your production, it, you don't complete no. two shows in, in eight days, do you? No, you can you complete two shows in in sixteen days. Sixteen is right. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. because when we started off, you know, in, in talking about it this way, this 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 actually is um, it goes into some of the questions that I had for you regarding TV show scheduling and what it's like for you know you wear many hats. I mean, you're a producer, you're executive producer, you're creator, you're writer, you're director. I mean, you you do a lot of different things, but in in many cases those and 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 you may also have other people who do those as well on your show, but in many cases, you know, the people some people wear different hats and um, they might be hired to be a, a director on your show or they might be hired to be a a producer or a screenwriter for um the series. Yeah. But I wanted to talk about uh what a series schedule is like, you know, for for both for people in the know and for people who wouldn't know. Um, you know, you shoot about eight days, and you, I mean, you gave a perfect example right now about, about about doing two shows together, you know, in at the same time to save save you know time and money and effort and moving. So, can you address yeah. what what a series schedule is like for most for most people? Or well, I'll tell you two different two different. Yeah. Um, Scenarios. One's much easier than the other, which is a sitcom or a you know a regular right. on-stage uh, multi-camera half hour, because that's you know and using and some people don't use this schedule, but it's a five-day schedule and say Monday to Friday. Let's say Friday is shoot night, so Monday, Monday you come to the table in the morning with a with a new script, and uh, you have a table read. The network is there, the studio. If there's a studio, your whole cast and your whole uh, and your writers, and you do a, um, a read-through of the script, and then immediately the cast takes to uh, the stage and begins blocking with the director and you know working out stuff and whatever, and the writers go back to the writer's room and start to pick away at the stuff that didn't work or, or you know, stuff that needs to be fixed. They, they get right into that, and that's really, that's really Monday. That's all that happens on Monday. And then Tuesday... I, I believe, as, as I remember, it's it's more of the same. Um, I think you may see a run-through, the first actual run-through, which is rough, on Tuesday afternoon. And that's followed by more rewriting on Tuesday night for the staff. And then uh, Wednesday, I think, there's more rehearsal uh, with the rewrites. And then on Wednesday, uh, you know, Wednesday late afternoon, there's the, a real you know, run through for now the studio and the network and everybody comes. And more rewriting on Wednesday night. Thursday, uh, for most shows, is camera blocking day. So they just, you, you know, you're still you're still working on anything that, you know, still needs to be fixed in that script and working on next week's script on Thursday because the actors are really tied up all day, uh, moving the cameras around and getting ready for the actual shoot. And then Friday, uh, as I remember, sometimes you would actually see another run-through, sort of a final run-through on Friday uh, with the cameras. And then, of course, Friday night is the shoot. And it, you know what? Remarkably civilized. Um, because, you know, 
uh, all your sets are in one place. There's not a lot of traveling. I mean, right now, to me, uh, doing a multi-camera half hour seems like some sort of nirvana. After being in every nook and cranny of the greater New York area in you know rain and, and cold and intense heat, you name it, I could, I'd love to be on a stage like that and have that kind of schedule. So um, for an hour, it's a lot different, and, and it's, a, a lot, it's, a, it's a lot more spread out because of the, the time that it takes. Um, some hours don't cross board, um, and some hours have very the, – the hours themselves are very – when I say hour, I'm saying an hour-long, an hour-long single-camera uh, show. There's no such. I mean, we don't do table. We, we we don't do table reads of the scripts. Now this is the show's been on the air for five years, so right. uh, I don't know how other ones do. They probably they probably still do. We used to do table reads, and we used to do production meetings. So you'd actually sit with the entire production team and say, "All right, in this fire, here's what I need," and you'd be very specific. You know, now the sh the show's been on the air so long that we don't really have those conversations anymore, unless it's something. You know, we'll have sort of a sidebar meeting. We'll call a meeting in the middle of production or at a lunch or something and go, all right, how are we going to do this thing? Um, but, you know, the actors pretty much get the pages and you start shooting. Uh, there's no real rehearsal period. Um, you know, you can rehearse quickly, but it's almost like a, a blocking rehearsal, and then you shoot. Now, you can do that on an established show because the actors, frankly, they know their characters. It's not like... You're asking them to do something new, and you know, so uh, that 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 happens a lot. So you imme immediately start shooting, um, and you know, you cross board, and you're you're going out, and you're going to locations, and you're shooting, like I said, eight days. So it's a it's an entirely different beast, and there's a lot of moving around, and it, it's it's like a war. You know, it really does feel like a war. There's a lot. It's I always say we're like doing guerrilla television because on Rescue Me we get a lot of stuff done. Some of the I know the crew had some T-shirts printed up or Dennis did or something a couple a couple of years ago because our crew shot 19 pages in a day, wow. and that's a lot. <laughs> you know that's almost like half a script. You know that's a lot of stuff, um, but we can do it. I, I mean we sort of. Um, it's not very precious, Rescue Me, and part of the part of it is, you know, the the idea of the show is that it's supposed to be reality based, so it's not supposed to be too pretty, and so we don't care, you know, we'll we, we really, you know, shoot and run a lot of stuff and, and get stuff, and it's not, you know, it's not as as pleasant to look at as it could be, but that's not what the show is, so it works for us. Well, thank you for the description. What about, um, for example? Uh, you know, you hire, uh, you know, series directors besides yourself who are doing the other episodes. So you rotate in, you ever rotate in new, a new director or do you pretty much have your established directors who, who know? And, and how do, and how do you, and how do you work them, a person like that in so that they understand the show? And I think it's, it's really, I think the, the two words that I would use were intense browbeating. Um, <laughs> they, there is, a, I mean, you know, I think we, when we have hired, we have a stable of people, for the most part, that we go to and who sort of, if you watch Rescue Me, you see the same names sort of flip by. Mm -hmm. um, and they're just people who get it. You know, I think Dennis, Dennis will, 
I'll know somebody's okay because Dennis will just suddenly say to me, okay, he, you know, he or she, they get it. They get it. Which is don't shoot too much coverage and try and only shoot what you're going to use and only do a number of takes. Don't get crazy. You know, it, when it starts to get overwrought, then that doesn't work for anybody. Again, you're in a sixth, seventh season of a show. The actors know what they're doing. It's not like you have to do multiple takes to get the performance from them. They're doing the performance. I mean, the number of times I've had to go stop and go, hey, you know what you're really playing here? They know that's minuscule, the number of times I've had to do that. Because they, they just know. And they're good, you know. So if you have somebody who comes, you know, and it's a difficult, it's a really a difficult situation for a director because directors come into a situation and what they want to do more than anything, more than anything, other than say do a good job or whatever else, is they want to get hired again. Right. They want to come back. And so they, they want to, you know, look, they want to be professional. So they come in and they're, they're prepared and they're going to shoot this and that and this and that. And, you know, you've got a, you've got a star and you've got, more than that, you've got, you know, first of all, you've got a star who's an executive producer who's a co-creator of the show. So he knows the show, probably better than you do as an incoming director. So he's going to say, you're going to say, all right, here's how I'm going to do this scene. I'm going to cover this. I'm going to put a camera in space, and I'm going to shoot down from the Hubble, and I'm going to, right, right, you know, and you have all these things, and it's all very impressive. And he goes, no. No, you're not going to do that. Do it faster. And a lot of people will hold their head in their hands, and they can't adjust. And a lot of people go, okay, I'll do this quicker, faster, whatever. So it's the people who can adjust and change their game plan at a moment's notice and get the idea of, you know, not overshooting and putting the camera where it tells the story best and not not getting too precious about the work, you know. So... That's a, that's a hard thing to adjust. I mean, I always say that I have, the, I have the best job as a director because it's my show. Like, what are they going to do, fire me? Right. I'm going to shoot it the way I'm going to shoot it. And, you know, every now and then I say to my, or I get a call from my agents or whatever, and they say, oh, they want you to do, uh, they want you to shoot this pilot. They want you to direct this pilot or whatever. And thankfully... The times that that's happened, I couldn't, I, had, I, couldn't be, I couldn't schedule it around Rescue Me, you know. And I say thankfully because I know myself, and I know that I'm thinking to myself, first of all, I'm a director. I'm also a writer, you know. So how am I going to curb the urge when a scene's not working to say to them, hey, you know what would be good here? <laughs> I don't think they want to hear that. I don't think you want your director to be going, hey, you know what, how you could fix this scene? I don't think that's going to be good. And I think it would be it would be a bad situation for me to frankly after all these years of doing my own show to have to listen to somebody else especially if I disagreed with them. I think it would just be a bad scene. So uh, luckily I haven't been able to schedule any other pilots. <laughs> All right. But you know, you, you've said something. I mean, thanks. I mean, I think that's a wealth of information for an incoming director to understand about your show and, and, and just about any show. I mean, that, that they have to fit in and they have to know what they're doing and they have to know. Yeah, I think, that, I think it is be prepared and be prepared to throw all your preparation out. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, no, it's, 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 it's a double be prepared. It's, you know, you've got to do your work. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, know your show. And especially know, it's one thing to know the show as a viewer. But it's another thing to know the show as a person working on the show. And so I think it would be good to try and get information before showing up or before doing your work where you say, hey, look, how does this thing run? And how am I going to fit into it? And how, how am I going to keep it running the way people like it running? I mean, it's, I'm, all for, I'm all for people being, you know, for a director being an artist and bringing some, you know, some personal feeling to the work and some sort of artistic expression to the work. But, you know, you've got to, you've got to, you've got to, you got to fit in. It's, you know, ultimately, you know, what I, uh, and I said this, I may have said this the last time. It's not, I, I've tried to impress upon everybody on our show that it's not about you. You know, whatever you're doing on the show, hey, that's great. I hope you're doing a good job. But it isn't about you. At the end of the day, it's not about you. It's not about Dennis. It's not about me. It's about the show. The show is this gigantic thing that's bigger than anybody. And if you are not servicing that thing, you're doing a bad job. And that is excellent. And, and Peter, what I enjoy talking about you so much is that you raise for me so many other questions that I want to ask, and it's just a matter of trying to get them all asked. Um, sure. You know, in a, in a way that cogent. You said something a moment ago, and, and I want and I, I want to return to this because I think I think what what you've illustrated so aptly is the fact that. You know, it, it, there, if there's an existing structure and somebody's coming into it, and they need to know what you said. They need to know how to adapt and how to fit in. And 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 what you just said now about the the show being its own entity, and and for for an actor, for a director, for a writer, for anybody trying to to work your show or to go into a series, you know, understanding those basic, I guess, premises or those principles, um, you know, are going to be real useful for them. Because I, I think, you know, in, in the casting office, so many people think, well, this is my shot. Um, you know, I might get a, a role instead of thinking, how do I contribute to the show that's going on in a way that best services the show, while at yeah. the same time services me. You know, and the same thing for directors or writers or, or crew people. So I, I, think, I think you made some very important points there. I know you made that is a Yeah, that's the, that is the tightrope walk, I think, that everybody does. How can it service me and how can I service the show? It's two things. You know, and when you can, and when you manage to walk that walk, you're successful. You know, right, right. That's excellent. Now, you when when you were talking, you were you uh, and uh, you may have to travel back in your mind. And I and I know that there's always a dilemma for some people when they're asked a question because you may understand how you do something, but not everybody articulates how they do something. So it's you know when when we talk like this and try and get to nuts and bolts, sometimes. Um, you know, for me, I always think it can be difficult to be at the receiving end of a question because you go, I know how I do it, but I don't know if I can tell you how I do it. But you you made the statement, um, putting the camera where it best tells the story. Now, when you think about traditional, you know, sure, you know, that you shoot a master and then you you know you do your, your two shots or your reverses and your close-ups and and all that. What, what how does how how do you how do you determine it? What because there's another question when you were talking about character creation and and about you know the the main character has to have a point of view and and I don't I'm not sure that these two questions are structurally related but but 
there's a point of view for your 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 protagonist and, and you create this point of view and then and then you do hear people say, Okay, now the camera is telling someone's story and or you you put the camera in the best place to tell the story and 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 can you speak more to that if you understand my question? Yeah. Um I think there's always an optimal place for the camera to be to express what needs to be expressed story wise or tone wise or you know or for the mood of a particular scene there's just an there is an optimal place for it to be um, if a man is on the telephone uh, having uh, having a long discussion uh, is the best place to be on the man uh, well probably but if it's a long discussion, let's say it's a long discussion with a surprise, you know, where he hears something that is a surprise to him at the end. Well, maybe you want to be a little artful and drag the camera through the house and land on him for the end of the conversation and, uh, and, and so that you're there by the time he gets this news. If, if, the, if the rest of the conversation isn't that dramatically important, maybe you move the camera a little bit because otherwise you're going to be sitting on a guy forever, you know, and that's not maybe not so interesting. And perhaps that move, if it's, you know, if it's atmospheric and whatever, if the lighting is interesting and it's, you know, it has some sort of sense of foreboding, it might actually help lead up to that moment. Um, you know, it, it, for comedy sometimes, it's for me at least, for comedy, it's easier to know where to put the camera because sometimes you'll see, you'll see, a, you'll see a, a particular piece of business and know that, for example, in some cases, in physical com comedy, it should be shot wide uh, because you want to get in, obviously, the entire landscape and the bodies in it, and it's going to be funnier wide. So, you know, and then you just know it. I mean, you just know that in order for that to work, you should just pretty much lock off the camera and shoot it wide. In some situations where two people are talking, and it's a very quick conversation where there are a lot of reactions, where whatever they're saying between the two of them, there are a lot of reactions. It's best just to hold them both in the frame as opposed to cutting, you know, especially when there's timing involved in the reactions. It's best to hold the two people in the frame and let the scene play as opposed to cutting back and forth for all the reactions and all the stuff because then the moment of it is whole. The, the scene plays as a whole moment as opposed to a moment that's doctored by cuts. And it's funnier in real time in the moment than it would be no matter how your editor cuts it up. Mm -hmm. So those are just things you know. I mean, you just get a sense when you're doing it. You go, you know, this, this is where it's going to work. My wife, who is a, you know, a post-production supervisor for us, she's a producer on the show, um, but she's in charge of post-production. She always, you know, she says to me, you need two eyes for comedy. You can't, you can't shoot in profile on comedy. I still don't know what she means. But, uh, <laughs> yes, in some cases you need to see, especially in reactions, you need to see two eyes from a person as opposed to a person in profile because you're seeing more of their face and you're getting more of the comedic reaction. Um, you know, when I direct, I see it in my head, and there's, there's a little bit of the Hitchcock thing, which Hitchcock knew exactly 
knew what, how he was going to edit it. He knew how it was going to be edited. And being married to an editor, I sort of have done that too. I mean, I've just, I know how it's going to cut together. It's really surprising to me. I've worked with a lot of directors who seem to have no idea how it's going to cut together because you can't, a lot of the footage doesn't match. You know, you can't connect a lot of the footage, and it's like shocking to me. So I always make sure, you know, that I, I mean, I know exactly how, and I can tell you specific times. I've done very elaborate things, not storyboarded, by the way. Uh, we'll storyboard stuff mostly for the, for the, so the crew knows what the hell is going on. I don't really need a storyboard because it's all in my head. But I remember a specific time where I did a very, very elaborate series of shots over a day and a half. And in the middle of it, I suddenly forgot how it was going to cut together. Or at least I forgot, do I have all the pieces? And I remember like gripping, I was in a bar. I remember gripping the bar for a second and really thinking hard and going, oh, no, 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 I've got it. And then continuing on. But it was terrifying. I was like, holy God, what have I done? Um, (laughs) But I, you know, part of that is... um, is passive aggressive where you're saying, look, you're, you're not going to cut this a different way. I'm only going to shoot in such a way that you can only cut it one way. And, but then, you know, it's not so much that as it is. I know what I want. And believe me, um, post-production is very happy with, with my dailies because they just cut together. There's no, they don't have to massage cuts, you know. And I think part of that is just knowing you know, where the story lives, where I should be. You know, I have a there's safety coverage, of course. You know, uh-huh. I, but I don't over I don't over cover a lot. I'm a big fan of, um, you know, directors who don't know what the hell they want are people who do law, uh, wide masters. So it's two people in a restaurant, right? And so you start out, and mm, they're conversing, but it's a wide master. You see this this expansive restaurant, there's a bunch of people, and maybe you can pick out your two people, you know, your two hero people in the center of the frame someplace, you know. Well, a person who doesn't know what they want shoots the entire scene that way. And if you think I'm kidding, if you think that doesn't happen, it happens all the time. You're never going to use it. The scene does not live there. It lives as an establishing shot to say, hey, look at this restaurant, and Who's here? I hear their voices. Where are they? Up oh, there they are. You know, that's how it lives. lives. But some directors, I don't know why they do it. I just think they're nervous. And, you know, they make the actors do the entire scene. Multiple takes in a wide master. That's idiotic. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more. <laughs> yeah, but it happens all the time. It does. It does. Let, oh, let yeah. me take a quick... Quick break, and, and we'll come back and continue this. Uh, you're listening to Rex Sykes Movie Beat, and the official website is rexsikes.com. Of course, we appreciate all your comments and your support about the blogs and articles and conversations. Please do feel free to share these with your friends. You can tweet about them, Facebook at MySpace, at email it. You have my permission to post in its entirety the link to these interviews uh, anywhere and everywhere, common sense and good taste you know, prevailing. If you hear about something before uh, coming up before I do, uh, please contact me right away. I'll try and vet it and get the uh, information up in a timely fashion. Or if you have guests that you, you want to hear from, uh, let me know who those might be. Or if you're a guest or want to be a guest, let me know. And uh, use the contact page to send me your screeners and books and things along those lines. I'm 
thrilled to be talking with Mr. Peter Tolan and continuing this uh, this discussion. Uh, Rex, is it, is it is it possible that anyone would hear about anything before you do? <laughs> truly, I, you know what? Truly. Oh, you put me on the spot. I think surely they do. Yes, I think they surely do. No, no, uh, don't, and don't call me Shirley. I love that joke. Oh, All right. that is so good. All right. Well, thank you. Um, I, you, you know, you brought this up, and I want to, and I want to ask you, um, and 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 then and 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 continue this talk about the the shots and the camera, and and especially the idea of of of, of being able to tell the story from a point of view or for, and, and the character's point of view. But you mentioned the editor and getting your you know your shots to the editor or the director shots to the editor. Do you use an on-set editor, or does all of it get shot and then? I mean, are you you know going in assembling it in dailies the, the, traditionally or? Um, no, every, everything gets sent to California. Actually, you know, it's interesting. We shoot in New York, and everything gets sent to California. Uh huh. The yeah. post is in California. And and so the difference between you know what you were talking about with directors who come in and and they don't know really how to to shoot the show or cover the show, um, and they have to do some massaging there in the editing post room, you know, in in California. Is, is that going day by day during during the production? I mean, are you doing the dailies? No, there's so much footage that there we're, we're never we're we're not exactly caught up, you know, in post. They're a little they're a little bit behind, so it's, it can't be a day to day thing. I see. Um, so so and let me ask you this too, because I think this is important, and 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 it, it's it's kind of jumping topics here for a second, but. Your cast knows the show, and you, as the series creator and directors who you know who who are in 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 the system, you know know what's going on. But what about the guest stars or supporting players that come or, or day players that come in? What are you looking for with these people? And 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 they have to jump into a show that's going. Um, on any any information or advice you can give to these people who who would be you know approaching a series like yours? That's a little easier, I think, because for an actor. You can watch the show and figure out, you know, you can sort of see, well, first of all, you've been cast. I mean, so that's that's the first hurdle, you know. Uh, I don't even think, again, there are not many times that I've had to say to an actor, and if, there was, if I had to say anything, it would be, hey, pull back a little bit. You know, don't, this, the shows, these are supposed to be real characters. Don't over, you know, don't make it too big. Don't overact. Just, just pull back, you know, be a little more real. But that's even that's very rare, you know. So I think, you know, once people have been cast, they're obviously pretty good. Um, it's just a matter of just keeping it, keeping it real. Uh, but you can, I think, I think people would get the sense of that from watching the show. You wouldn't have to be, you know, privy to how the show's done to know that. You can just see it and sort of know what the what the playing style of the show is. So I think it's easier for for actors that way. Well, what I mean, you, 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 may, you may not know, hey, look, at, you're not going to get, you know, if your process, and I know actors with this process, is that they need three or four takes to warm up. You're not going to get that. That's the thing, you're, you know, that may come as a surprise to you. You know, you better hope for a really good first take because, um, you know, I think Dennis, is, Dennis was always very impressed working with Clint Eastwood. Uh, who, you know, one take was great, and two takes, you're pushing it. <laughs> you know, you better, what you, three takes, what for? You know, um, we, we're not quite that strict, but, 
you know, we're not, once you get up to four takes or something, something's not right. Mm -hmm. That's our, that's our thing. If it takes you four takes to get right, we're at something's not right at four takes. So that ain't going to be a good, that's not going to be a good mix. Can I ask you a question? Because, it, and I only know this from uh, an interview that I saw with Dennis. I don't know that it's fair to ask you a question about Dennis in this regard. But I mean, he he says I'm a method actor, and you know, I I use the method. And um, I I just wondered how 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 does how does that work for some? I mean, he's got to do all of his prep prior to getting to that to that first take. I mean, is is how does that fit for him in a schedule like that? That's the I know, it's hard, you know. Look, he's—he, you were talking about wearing hats. I mean, this—he's wearing the writer, actor, producer hat. That's a lot of stuff. So I know there are times when he says to me, you know, I can't do, I can't do something tonight, or I can't do this because I've got a, I've got five pages tomorrow. I've got two big scenes, and I've got to get ready. So I know he does a lot. He has a lot of prep time, and it's sometimes hard to, to jam that in. But I think you know he may he he may say that he's method. But from working with him, I know there's a lot of it. There's also a lot of instinct going on there, mm -hmm. and a lot of the a, a, you know many of the scenes are not uh, you know tremendously dramatic, and so they don't require the same amount of preparation. So um, you know yeah I'm sure he's yeah I'm sure he works you know from a method standpoint. But again, I think he's a very instinctual actor. So. Uh, I, I don't think he's he's completely you know he's not a slave to the method, right? Right. No, that that that's, that makes sense. And 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 uh, again, what you said about you know not every scene is going to require the same amount of preparation. And yet some of those I'm mean, just so awesome. You know, they're just yeah. yeah so so well acted and so well crafted. I mean, it just it is amazing. Yeah. Um, but we, but we were we were talking uh, if if we can going back to you know some of the some of the points about the camera and the story, and and how you tell the story of you know rescue me you know uh, through the camera. Um, more advice or tips or suggestions in in terms of uh, directing television just just uh, maybe generically, or or I, I, I don't know. I think you have to. I think for anything, you've got to be flexible. You know, people who are who say, "Look, it's got to be this way. There's no other way." I think will find themselves in trouble on a set because stuff happens. You know, I remember. I just remember one day. This was many years ago on Rescue Me. Uh, we were shooting on a rooftop in Harlem, someplace, and most of the day, most of the schedule, uh, people will, who watch the show religiously will remember this. But there was something about Tommy. Jumping from there was a girl on a rooftop, I think, opposite opposite the building he was on, and he had to get to her. And he jumped from one from one rooftop to the other, and this required a lot of work. It was a lot of setup stuff, and a, and a stunt that uh, actually the stunt man uh, was wearing a, um, a, a plastic sort of pad across his chest because obviously when he jumped from one side to the other and grabbed the other rooftop, you know, the other ledge. Uh, that's where he was going to hit, and it actually broke the pad. That's how hard he hit. Wow. It broke this pad and knocked the wind out of him, and we thought he was going to fall. It was uh, really actually pretty scary. But it took longer than we thought, and what was going to happen next was a company move, and the next scene was uh, in a restaurant, and the restaurant was some blocks away, more than, more than some blocks away, 
and it was a whole company move. And now the sun is starting to set, and I'm getting all these shots on the roof, and everything's fine. But it's not looking good for that restaurant. And they said to me, look, can you do it someplace else? And I think some people will go, no, you know, I scouted that. It's the perfect place. I got, you know, but the reality is I needed to finish the day. I needed to get all the shots and not go over. And I just took a walk. I went downstairs, uh, took a walk, and at the end of the block, I realized that the street emptied out to a street that overlooked the Hudson. And I said, let's just shoot it against, let's just sit on the stone wall here and shoot it here. Because it's really, you know, two people sort of after a date or mid-date or whatever else, and I'll just change a line and... They've had dinner, and now they're taking a walk, and you know, whatever. And it was actually beautiful. I mean, it turned out to be beautiful. There were twinkling lights down the river, and you know, things. But that was just trying to make the day work, you know, and it turned out well. So I think you've always got to be ready to adjust and to, and to change stuff. And that goes for everything. I mean, you, have, you never know what's going to go wrong. I mean, I've been in situations very rarely, thank God, where an actor is not good. Uh, either they don't know the lines or there's something, God knows there's something going on. And you're saying to yourself, well, you know, it's two guys talking and walking. I think I'll just cover it in one. And that's how you're going to get it. But you know what? If one of the actors doesn't know the scene, you can't cover it in one. You have to do coverage because a lot more of the scene is the other person listening. Mm-hmm. If, the, if the person who's talking sucks, then a lot more of the scene has to become the other person listening to them. And then you just pull, you know, correct the vocal track for the other actor and then put it off for the other person listening. You know, that sort of messes up your day, but you've got to be ready to do it. No, again, an excellent point. Now, if, if the actor's sitting home and they now see their show and, and, and suddenly the other person has uh, all of the shots and they just have primarily voiceover, do they then get to think, boy, I must have sucked? Or is it sometimes... I don't know. I don't know that they're that, a- I don't know that, they're that aware. I mean, oh. obviously there has to be enough of them to... It can't be crazy. Sure. I mean, but I'm just talking about a very subtle shift of balance where normally it would be a 50-50 thing. Now all of a sudden it's 60, right. 40, 30, 70. You know, it's a, weird, it's a weird balance that hopefully not many people will, will notice. We'll notice it, yeah, no, and it's, but I mean, you, you are correcting for some deficit, and, and probably yes. all the time, in some, whether it's a light or a, an actor or, you know, some issue going on. When you switched uh, from using the restaurant to down in the street, do, does, that op- does, that, does that open up permit problems or issues like that, or can you just go do a shot in New York? Um, it, it was a, you know, it was sort of a, it wasn't, there was no business near it. Was a, it was a sidewalk and a stone wall, and it just happened to overlook the Hudson, you know. And there didn't. We were already in the neighborhood, you know, so our trucks were there. So we had to move those. So in that case, it, it was not a permit issue. We were just sort of, you know, we sort of had the block. So Peter, how do you like to? Um, how do you like to shoot? I mean, what what? You know, when you're when you're directing, you, you've written this, you know, the the script, and you're producing, and now you're going to shoot. What is it? What is it that's most important to you in 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 placing the camera and telling, you know, from points of views? And how how do you work? How do you, how do you structure your shooting schedule? Well, mostly I prefer to shoot economically. I don't want to. I don't like to waste time, and I don't like to, you know, because you're not going to get. First of all, I'm trying to preserve performance, you know. 
with my guys, the best performance I'm going to get is very early on. So if I can run multiple cameras and get most of the scene with those multiple cameras in the first couple of takes, then I'm good. You know, I'm getting the energy of the scene. And then I'll do coverage that, you know, will be fine, but it won't have that same energy. It'll still match, but it won't have the same energy. So I'm trying to give my guys room to work. Um, and I'm not, you know, it's not, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, the, wor the worst thing that happens in television is micromanagement where somebody's saying, all right, turn here, turn left, and I'm going to have a camera there and make sure you say that comma that's in that second line and stuff like that. That sort of kills spontaneity and creativity from the actors and whatever. So I'm trying to maintain that more than anything. Um, so that's, that's my main thing, really. The main two things are trying to get it quickly uh, or as, as, more, as efficiently as possible in order to maintain the highest level of performance. And when you shoot like that, how many cameras are, when you say multiple cameras, how many do you typically shoot with? Usually two, sometimes three. Uh, and I do, and I'll do things that are not, it's funny because I'm here, I'm saying things that sound like I'm very, I'm very actor friendly, and I am. But I will abuse my, you know, my actors. I, I don't know if I would do this to somebody, oh, I've done it, what the heck. You know, the people love to watch, uh, Rescue Me, women especially love to watch Rescue Me for those kitchen scenes because they love to hear sure. men talking and they think, oh, that's how men talk when they're away from women and everything. So the kitchen scenes are always a big drawing card for us. They're a, they are a bitch to shoot because it's, you know, six, seven guys around a table. That's a lot of, there's a lot of coverage in there. You know, you have to cover everybody and it's a, it's a pain. And I've had big scenes in there. So what I'll do is I'll just get the cameras, you know, on one side of the table, and I'll start the scene, call action, and then I'll just say, guys, hold, hold, stop them. I'll ask a camera to adjust. Give me a two-shot here of those two guys so I can get the reaction between the two of them. On, you know, there's a, piece of, there's a piece of dialogue, say, they both react to, and I want them to share a reaction. Uh, hold them in a two-shot. Guys, go back to this line and action. They'll do it. I'll get that. I'll readjust the cameras again. So that I'm on one side of the room, I do one master take, and I get everything. Wow. It's, a, it's something like a, it can sometimes be a 10 for, let's say, a two-minute, you know, a two, or let's say it's a four-minute scene. It'll be a 16-minute take because I've stopped and started so many times. I always go back to a place where the guys can, you know, ramp it up pretty well. But many times I'll go back, you know, five times to the same place and go, all right, go back there. But the cameras have moved. It just is, again, it's a, it's a much more economical way of doing it as opposed to, and, and, and again, it may seem to be difficult for an actor who says, hey, I'm not getting a full run at this scene. Well, would you rather do it this way or would you rather do it 20 times while I get, and, and have, and by the way, have 18 of those times, you're off camera. Which way do you want? So it's, it's, it's pragmatism more than anything, I guess. Well, that, but that's fascinating. And, and what, what I appreciate about this is, is, is that you're, you're talking about what it's like, you know, really working in TV. I mean, 
we talked about directors who who would come onto the show and 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 how they have to fit into it versus you know if they were lucky enough to film their own motion picture. So uh, you know this this kind of in the trenches of what you do and how the people need to respond or how you you know you have to adjust is is uh, you know what this show is all about. So I, I really appreciate this. Um, and and I want to continue, and I also want to ask you because because of of uh, of the nature of the show, it's a collaborative show between you and Dennis, and and uh, and and you write together, and then you produce together, and then you you know and you work together. Um, what is that like? What how how do you how do you how do you work off each other? I guess uh, both in writing and and then into the series. Itself? Well, I you know we we're somewhat uh, we're somewhat from. Similar backgrounds. We're both from Massachusetts, from sort of Catholic, you know, Irish family, and um, so there's a there's a sort of a worldview that is uh, somewhat similar, which is to say, we're both uh, defeated and uh, waiting for the worst, which is the Irish <laughs> the Irish viewpoint. Even when things are going well, you're just waiting for that you know that <laughs> terrible thing that's going to happen next, and it will happen. Um, so. Uh, I guess you know we share some some sort of a worldview that helps. Um, you know, look, we just we're diff- we are very different people, and I think that is a big help. Um, we definitely have strengths and weaknesses that are mitigated or made stronger, actually, by each other. Um, so it's been a very fruitful collaboration that way. Um, we do disagree. From time to time, and I usually lose. That's just the way it is. I mean, he's a mostly because Dennis is a stronger personality than I am, and he's you know the star of the show, and he's gonna, it's you know I, I have to listen to him more than I like. (laughs) But the truth, but the real truth is, he's a smart guy, and you know many of those times that we disagree, he's right. Some I think he's still wrong, but what the heck. Uh, but he always, whenever we have a disagreement about something, he says, well, I asked my mother, and she said, how do I argue with that? Your mother's wrong. I hate your mother. You know, what am I supposed to say? So um, it, it's, a, it's an interesting collaboration in that we, we don't really live on the same coast. I'm in California, and he's in, he's in New York or in Connecticut. So it's not, it's very, it's not traditional in any way. But... Like I say, the best parts of it are there's I think there's a mutual respect there that's very real for our talents, and our talents also complement each other, uh, and they and they complement each other in such a way. Not only are they alike in many ways, but they but they they complement each other in in elevating our individual talents. I mean, we've both said, and we fully believe that. We, neither of us could have done Rescue Me without the other guy. Just couldn't, it wouldn't have happened. But it, it's, you know, I, I don't know from my side, but I mean, I can, I can, you know, I can only say that, you know, I'm a huge fan of the series. Oh, by the way, I did order <laughs> season five, both parts, just so that I can hear those musical numbers in their entirety. Oh, yeah, yeah. And um, I, I have to get a copy of that myself. But but I but I but I understand what you're saying. I mean I I do I, I can appreciate that and and I am by no means a writer. But when I've written with other people, it has been for me a more rewarding 
experience than in trying to do it alone. And I think some people prefer, you know, writing alone, and other people like to collaborate. And, and um, you know, in this case, it's, it, it, it appears to be, you know, an extremely successful collaboration, and, and that is awesome. Yeah, I think a couple a couple of years ago, I'm not exactly sure when, somebody wrote a book about collaboration, and, um, and they wanted to interview me for the book, and I thought, well, why me? And then I suddenly realized, my God, I, I've done nothing but collaborate. I mean, if you look back, and Larry Sanders with uh, Gary Shandling and I, and then uh, the movie in movies, you know, Harold Ramis and I wrote quite a few movies together, and it just... Um, I don't know, I, and it's funny because I always thought of myself as more of a solitary writer, but in fact, I somewhat prefer being able to bounce ideas off somebody else, and you know, it's it's just it's it's turned out to be easier. Whereas I think when I was starting out, I really didn't want to I didn't want to know from another viewpoint. You know, I didn't I I sort of said, well, I've I've got a take on this, and I want to fully explore it. But I think I don't know why how that happened. I don't know what the how that it moved that way. But I really could not have done Rescue Me by myself. I, there's no way. It, would, it wouldn't have been what it is. I mean, I always say, and you know, people would think maybe it's just show business hyperbole or something. I always say that you know, Dennis is the heart and soul of Rescue Me, and it's absolutely true. The, the real, you know, the real dramatic underpinnings of the show come from him and his life experience having uh you know having lost uh, family members who were firefighters and mm-hmm. uh having friends who were firefighters and obviously his his interest in firefighters and supporting them you know I don't have that so I can't I could I could write from it from a manufactured standpoint but not from a a place of real feeling which is what he has Right. No. Again, I just, I just, uh, you know, I'm thrilled with the show. So, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm absolutely biased in favor of it. It is an awesome, um, and and extremely well written and, and gripping uh, show to watch. And um, uh, but uh, we've got about five minutes, you know, four or five minutes, and and we're not going to cover everything that I want to ask you. And and you know, I know I asked you if you'd be willing to come back and chat some more. So if that's possible, we will. Uh, schedule that off air and then let listeners know when you'd return. And okay. that's all right with you, Peter? Yes. Sir. And uh, but in but maybe we could begin the topic just a little bit. You, you've done so much in television, and but but let's go with with Rescue Me as opposed to the, the other sitcoms, and we can come back and talk about this. But writing for TV, the 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 show, the structure of it, where you have a tease and you've got you know three acts and a tag and things like that. How, how do you how do you how do you begin to conceive something like that? I mean, to me to me. Uh, when I watch a TV show, I go, "Wow! How did they know to end it there?" You know, I mean, there's so much time in a series, and how did how did they create that? You know, that that structure, that dramatic. You know, they had so many minutes to do it, and they got there, and then there's commercial. You know, and you go, "Yeah, yeah." And then they come well, back. Well, you know, it's. Uh, I think what's happened is in. Uh, now I'm going to say I'll I'll use an example of a different format, which is in a, in half hour. So if I were back, let's say, working on Murphy Brown, I'm not talking about Sanders. That's a different thing. Sure. But if I'm talking about more traditional three-camera half hour, well, you know, you have at the end of each act break, you got a blow, right? What we what we would call a blow. 
which is you needed a, you needed a big joke out. Mm-hmm. You either needed a big joke out, um, or you needed a sort of dramatic moment that that begged the question, "What happens next?" Now, thankfully, on Rescue Me, and and this isn't necessarily from laziness, but the, we're not slaves to that, you know. We're not slaves to... Now, if you watch a, a, a network show, let's say a, a procedural show like a CSI or something like that, they are slaves to right. act break, the act break. And I'm not talking about a blow. I always think of a blow as a comedic thing where there's a big joke and you're out. You, know, you get a big laugh and then the music plays and you're into the commercial. But in procedural stuff, there's always a big moment, a big dramatic moment on the act break. In fact, the networks sort of demand it. And so it's it's a little artificial to me because it needs to happen all the time. But I guess it's the thing that supposedly will, you know, keep you watching. On Rescue Me, we're not slaves to that. We don't have that that same network demand. So we've had soft act breaks and act breaks that end comedically as opposed to to dramatically, act breaks that have nothing to do with the A story. Whereas if you watch a procedural on network, when the, when the act ends, it's ending on a beat about the A story. There's never a B story break or a, C, a runner thing or anything like that. It's always an A story break. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I guess we've made it easy for ourselves. So it may, I guess it may look impressive or something. How do we, oh, gee, how do we manage to fix fit that all in. But frankly, we just, you know, we, you know, when you're writing, you're going, okay, I should write a 44-page script. And let's say each of the acts, just for the, and there's four acts and a cold open. So let's just do some easy math and say that it's a four-page cold open and ten, four ten-page act. You sort of know how much, you know, if you keep an eye on that within one or two pages, you know, you're going to come out okay. Sometimes they're longer, sometimes they're shorter, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, the big thing for me in terms of writing a script like that is how many days is it? That's what it is. It's how many days in script time is it? And how do I make all the stories make sense given the number of days, let's say, in the A story or whatever? That's the bigger issue for me. I'm always trying to figure out time. Well, and I want to come back with it when we come back, because we're we're just about out of time right now. We've got less about a minute remaining. But when we come back, maybe we can pick up on on that and some of the other excellent points that you made. Um, so we'll discuss this. But for now, we'll say that uh, your next appearance will be announced. And thanks so much, Peter. Always a joy, Rex. Well, it is always a joy with you, and I and I certainly appreciate it. And I know the listeners appreciate it. And uh, have a fabulous uh, upcoming. Uh, couple of weeks shoot there and best Thank wishes you. to you and everyone. All right. Take All care. All right. Thank you, Peter. That was Mr. Peter Tolan. And I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to discuss uh, further with him, uh, Rescue Me, and, and so much about his uh, career and movie making and his advice. I, I, I'm thrilled to have him. And uh, I'm thrilled to have you as listeners and readers at RexSykes.com. Uh, keep in mind that you can join the Facebook group and the Facebook uh, fan page, and uh, and stay tuned because we got lots of great guests coming up. 
So everybody have a fabulous day. Make your movies, complete your projects, and until we meet the next time, that is a wrap. <laughs>